what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Hello and welcome to the Caregiver Community, where we are holding conversations about the challenges as well as the joys of caring for our aging parents and for ourselves. I'm Jane Everson, and I'm here with my co-host, Frances Hall. Hello, Frances. Hi, Jane. Frances and I are just two of the millions of adults in the United States, indeed worldwide, who are caring for aging parents as well as for ourselves. Today, we're going to be talking about changing the dynamics of our conversations with our aging parents. Our guest today is Dr. David Ludwig. Welcome, Dave. Thanks. Good to be here. David is a professor at Lenore Ryan University in Hickory, North Carolina. He's also a licensed therapist, a Lutheran minister, and the author of numerous books and articles on family relationships from a Christian perspective. But any of our listeners who are married will probably agree that his greatest communication credential may be that he's been married to his wife, Kathy, for 52 years, Mm -hmm. and together they have three sons and eight grandchildren. Dave, it seems to me that communication really is the foundation of all of our human relationships, whether it's dealing with our aging parents or a spouse or even a young child. Communication can make our relationships strong, but it also can be the very thing that destroys them, isn't it? I'm often told, and I'm sure Francis is as well, you need to communicate more. You need to be a better communicator. So why don't we begin with just a basic question. What is effective communication? Well, communication means that you and another person are on the same page, that you understand each other, that uh, as you're talking, there's a general feeling of uh, interest, warmth. And in this, you have to realize that all the emotions that you feel are actually caused by the relationship that you're involved in. So relationships cause feelings. And so the interaction process is quite important because it is the basis for the feelings that you have and the basis of some of the good and bad feelings. Because if you're communicating well with a person, let's say who's a good friend, you know the warmth you have inside. You know the ease at which the conversation goes. But then when you're communicating with someone that uh, you feel a bit of tension in the air, you notice that you change. Your feelings change. How you communicate change. So a lot has to do with the interaction process, and these, of course, have long histories to them. So we bring the history of every conversation we've had with our mom and dad to the table when we speak you with them, it You got seems. it. <laughs> that is what is both good, because a lot of the history is good, but then that's where the uh, interesting process begins. Dave, are there any typical or common communications patterns between adult children and their parents, their aging parents? I guess the most common pattern is the person uh, who is a caregiver, and these are this is a negative pattern now, actually feels the same way they felt when they were 6 or 8 or 10, when the dynamics of the interaction process uh, follow the usual pattern, they end up with the same frustration or the same feeling not heard or the same guilt or the same pressure or the same uh, not being able to uh, get heard. All of these things uh, are probably the dynamics that uh, are most common. So that's sort of that what's going on in our gut. Yeah, that's what's going on in your <laughs> yeah. gut when you're communicating. Yeah. And of course, you can't see your own half of the... Re- interaction process. It's really helpful to think of any interaction as having two sides to it. Like I will say something and then the other person will respond. I'll respond to their response. And so there is an interaction process that makes up all communication and all interaction dynamics. 
you don't see your side. You see the other person's side very clearly, but you feel the emotions that you have. And so you blame the other person for your emotions or the, the stress that you're under when it's actually the relationship that's causing stress for both of you. So we see mom as being wrong and we want to change mom when we really need to look at ourselves. Always. And then you endlessly talk to other people. I call them litanies. You endlessly say, oh, if only mom would have quit <laughs> I don't do doing that, do this. Uh, neither of us do, ever. <laughs> because it's, you're absolutely convinced, and this is your reality, because this is the way you put things together, that if only mom would stop treating you like a little kid or stop making you feel guilty or things like that, then you'd be able to relate to her better. You have no clue that you are actually doing things that prompt this in mom, and mom's reaction to you is just triggering off something in your gut. That's been there for a long time. Well, you're kind of talking about something that we really want to talk about. Oinkies. (laughs) Well, there are oinkies, but also very honestly. Okay, so we are half of that equation, Mm -hmm. but we can only control ourselves. We can only take care of our half of it. So what can we do? How can we manage our one half? Because they're all learned behaviors. Not only learned, but I call them automated processes. They're automated mood sequences. Right. So when and they're just, they happen before you even know it. And it, immediately you feel this way, you react this way, and, you know, they're, they're pretty powerful. They're very powerful. Okay, so we're in the midst of something, and I have it, I'm a very visual person, and so I have this, you know, um, that there is an interaction, and it keeps kind of escalating. Mm-hmm. It keeps building. So what can we do to stop that, to to be aware and have the presence of mind and the courage to do something about that. What can we do? Okay, the first thing is insight. And that is a realization that in any communication dynamics, you control your half of the relationship. Right. So that if you actually change something on your side, the relationship actually changes. So you have the power to change the relationship by changing what you do on your side. What you do on your side that you change is usually all nonverbal. It's your voice tone, it's how your eyes look, it's where you look, it's your facial expressions, it's all of these things, even the words that you say. If you can change any of those, then you'll notice the relationship changes. Right. And so first of all, then, is the realization of what is going on with you. What I like to think of is to go back, all the listeners out there, and this can be any relationship. It can be a relationship you have with an aging parent as a caregiver, but it also could be in any relationship. Think of the last time something funny happened in that relationship, and think of where you were standing or where you were sitting when all of a sudden things just didn't go right, where you started feeling frustrated or upset or you started feeling not heard. Go to the exact point and stop right there. Okay, now as you stop, I want you to take a look at yourself. Notice where you're standing or sitting, and notice what you are feeling. Because what you are feeling right at that moment has a history to it. And this is now very productive, because if you can isolate that and take a look at its history, you can begin to change it. Interesting. Interesting. I like to call your reaction right at that point your oinky. I use the word oinky because my mom, when we were growing up, and I was one of 12 kids, by the way, Wow. When we were growing up, you know, whenever we got moody or, you know, we would say, well, it's not fair, or, you know, we'd get bummed out, she'd say, oh, you're just getting oinky. <laughs> and that was a pretty good phrase because then we could look at it, okay, you know, we're getting a little bit oinky and it'll, it'll pass. And, uh, you know, and she was a very good uh, parent because it, in a loving way, she would say, okay, you know, 
This is what's happening. Let's try to figure it out. But I picked up that word oinky because I can see in myself. Whenever I have an interaction with someone and I walk away feeling, that's oh, not fair. It's usually in your stomach you feel that way. Mm-hmm. Right at that moment, that's what my oinky looks like. Well, tell us more about what an oinky is and how we can use that. Okay, let me tell you about my oinky. Okay. <laughs> One of my oinkies I discovered is whenever there's tension in the air, whenever I'm criticized by someone, you know, like my wife, for example, well, she will say or do something I don't think is fair. My automatic reaction is to look down slightly, to feel frustrated. I don't agree with that. I think it's unfair. I feel I have no power to change it, and I just pull away. Okay, so that's what my oinky looks like. It looks like uh, an oinky that pulls away, feels it has no power, disagrees, gets moody. Okay, and I've discovered that that's, that's a 13-year-old oinky. This is the way I was at 13 in a very critical situation in my life. This is how I handled it, and I'm still doing it. And that's so the, where all, all oinkies come from. It's a preteen, moody, surly It's a preteen, moody, surly, but I don't have enough power to say anything yet. And so I looked down, and I didn't realize that that's what my oinky looked like. I thought it was all the other per- person's fault who shouldn't have said or did that in the first place. So that's one of the pictures of an oinky. And if you got pictures of your own oinkies, that since I shared mine, <laughs> what does yours look like? <laughs> I know what my oinky is. Mine is probably a five- or six-year-old little girl who doesn't want to cause any trouble. Oh. So whenever there's any tension in the house, she will try to make things better. And so even now, after listening to you talk before, I know that when I talk with my mother... I will say things like, let me do that for you. Don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. Uh, and, of course, what happens after that, I can't believe I agreed to do that. Uh, I'm so busy. Uh, then I become resentful <laughs> that I stepped in when I don't have any more time to do it. Oh, her. thanks. So, That's a perfect so description of an oinky that so many people have. And, and, and this doesn't mean this is you. This means this is you in a particular relationship at a particular time. Because, in my oinkier moments. <laughs> yeah, and, and only certain people can arouse those oinkies, see? Right, right. And right. so this is a particular thing, and once you discover that, wow, what chance you have then of taking a look at your own oinky, and we'll talk in a little while on how, how to grow that oinky up. Right, it's right. very powerful, and if I could just share an example, after listening you speak earlier about an oinky, I had a telephone conversation with my mother where she started all of the things that she couldn't do, and she would never ask me to do it, but it was very much hinted at. <laughs> yes. And instead of taking it on, I tried a new strategy. I said, you know what, Mom? I am really proud of all the things that you are able to do after my father died, all the things that you are taking on. Good for you. Not very many people your age would be able to do this so well. She was just quiet. And and how did you feel inside? I felt that I was genuinely telling her I was proud of her. Right. And I also felt relieved that I didn't have to take it on. It was fabulous. Oh, beautiful. That is absolutely perfect. Thanks for sharing that. I mean, that that is exactly what I'm talking about. You have the power to make that change. And the payoff is you feel much more loving. You feel much uh, different. And I think my mother is also stronger. So it was mutually beneficial. Oh, yeah. Then your mother goes, oh. Hey, that feels pretty good. She didn't know, you know, she was doing exactly what she always has always done. So she doesn't know how to do anything different. So she she's you and she's, oh, I need this and I need that. See, that's her oinky. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, when two oinkies touch, that's when things uh, get really interesting in a relationship. <laughs> and I think mine would be probably similar. Um possibly even a bit younger, but feeling so powerless, Mm. you know, just completely powerless to affect any sort of change in anything. And, you know, I I don't have quite the same kind of 
particular experience in the last several days after you talked. <laughs> you can say. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, but, I, but I catch myself vacillating between I have to fix it and I have to take care of everything mm-hmm. in combination with, but I'm powerless yeah. to do that if I can come up against any sort of conflict. And what happens is you really, really believe that that's a case. Because you are actually, when you are in that place, that oinky pops out, this is your belief system. You mm-hmm. actually believe that you are powerless or that you have to take care of it, or in my case, that I can't do anything about it and just have to sit there and be resentful. You have no other options, it feels like. Right. When in actuality, we do. Yeah, and here is now where the real interesting part comes. Because how do you now take your oinky and grow it up? How, is this just an immature It's the way a seven-year-old would react, or in my case, a 13-year-old would react. How do you make it how an adult would react? And, of course, in a Christian sense, which is where I come from, how do you do that and do that with something that has the power to change quickly? Mm -hmm. And so my answer is, okay, insight. You know that that's your oinky. Now you go back to where the oinky started. I like to call them defining moments. If you can find one, I found one when... I was about 13. I was in a very anxious situation, and I learned just to look down and pull away, and that's how I dealt with the anxiety. Okay, so you look, and if you can, if you can come up with an actual moment that you can see clearly, like I can see this moment clearly. If you can come up with a moment that you can see clearly, you've hit pay dirt, because that's the moment, the defining moment where you develop this strategy and that's why it's automatic now. From, from that point on, this is what you've always done in this relationship, and so you feel it's normal. So you, you recognize the moment, you recognize your reaction, and now right. you're able to understand and thus change yeah. that reaction. And that, and that automatically starts helping you grow up because then you realize, I don't have to react this way anymore, even though you probably still will because this is a slow growth process. You don't change overnight. It takes a while for your oinky to grow up, I guess. Right, and the oinky you feel in your stomach, so it takes a while for that gradually to mature. As you go back to that again and again and say, no, I don't have to be that way. Like you bring your adult into it. Well, and particularly when we get to the point of having aging parents, that means we're a little older and that means we've practiced our oinkies for a long time. Oh, my gosh. And they are good. (laughs) They're really entrenched. They're really in charge. And, of course, your parents have practiced them longer than you have. Oh, sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's a, that's a good reminder. So our parents have their own oinkies, yeah. and they have had more practice with them <laughs> than we have. And chances are they're not going to change. See, you always want them to right. change. And you always try to – and you say exactly the same things you've said hundreds of times to try to get them to change, and they react exactly the same as they've reacted a hundred times, and you get frustrated like you've gotten a hundred times. See, mm-hmm. So the good news about this is you don't have to do that anymore even though you probably will. Remember that. But that is good news, and that is powerful. Yeah. It's very powerful. Dave, can you suggest any other kind of in-the-moment strategies? You've talked about distancing yourself, putting yourself in that visual, and then understanding your oinky. What if your oinkies are nose-to-nose? How can you, in the moment, get yourself out of that situation? Okay, chances are, once the oinky pops out and it's nose-to-nose, you probably don't have many options except just leave. Because when that happens, uh, you are, that reality is so powerful and your mood is shifted so much that that's not a good time to start. The good, best but time sometimes to, leaving really is. Oh, yeah, leaving is probably answer. the only option at that moment, even though you feel guilty and all that stuff and you're the usual. The best time to start, like is right now, and just think about the last time it happened. 
then go do some internal work. Uh, one of the words for this in psychology is mindfulness. They just stop and you're much more aware of what's really happening there. But I take it a step further. Not only are you aware, but you go back to a moment and you become very aware of your own oinky. So I like to think of it as the first step is get to know your oinky. Even though it's painful to see yourself that immature or whatever, just get to know it. See what it is with a realization that you don't have to be that anymore. That's that's not something that you have to still do. And then the, the next step is to go back to when it was formed. See if you can actually redo that scene. Now, there are two ways I have people do it. One is, let's say the scene, uh, say if you came up with a scene where you were six and it was anxious and things were unsettled and, you know, you try to make things safe. If you remember an actual memory where you try to make things safe by, by being good, by doing everything to make sure there's nothing was out of place. Well, if you can remember that moment, okay, now you go back to that moment thinking of you as six and do it differently. Okay, right in that moment you say, no, I'm not going to do it this way. Or you get a voice and say, something's wrong here. Now, I found out that these moments are incredibly powerful. And it's very hard for you to imagine that little girl or little boy doing anything different. And so for those who are Christian, I found a very powerful way of bringing Christ into that scene. And this could be true of other religions too. But in Christianity, if you bring Christ into that scene, it gives an automatic sense of freedom from the automated thing because you're not alone anymore. And a lot of times something very creative can happen. Like I pictured, I put Christ in the scene I was talking about, and I pictured myself actually looking up and then getting upset at the situation and speaking up. I found my voice. And that takes it out of your stomach up to your chest. Of course, Christ lives in your chest. And the word confidence is confides, with faith. And so, and now, in many situations, I have a lot more confidence when normally I would have been anxious and the like. But that's taken months and years of growth. You do this again and again and again. So recognizing the situation, understanding the patterns, and then having your guide, whatever that might be, yeah. to really instill that confidence instill that you that can do things Instill that confidence, but you have to go back to where it started. If you know, really, get, really get to know your oinky well, and then you grow it up. So you don't have to feel it in your stomach anymore. And so whenever the same mom does exact or dad does exactly the same thing, and your reaction, oh, that's interesting. You don't get emotionally bummed out by it. See... You've changed the relationship so it doesn't control your emotions anymore. And now, like you just said, and I love the example, and now you say, oh, Mom, I'm so proud of you. Wow, that totally altered the conversation. I guarantee the conversation shifted dramatically, and both of you left feeling much better. Mm -hmm. It was very positive for both of us, I think. And so I, I love that dynamic because that's exactly what we're talking about. How do you have the power to be able to change the way you come across? Because these patterns are so powerful that without knowing it, you'll just fall right back into it. Do you have to be able to go back to that originating, defining moment? You don't have to. That's okay. the fastest. Okay. I'm talking about the fastest way to do it. And if you put Christ in the scene for the Christian, it's even faster. Okay, you don't have to go back there. If you just get to know your own oinky by being more mindful and going, oh, I don't really have to react this way before. If you can catch it before this kicks in, take a deep breath and deliberately do something different. And here comes my next piece of advice. Okay, plan in advance how you can be different and then actually write a little script of the new you and rehearse it. Maybe get a friend and say, okay, you, you, you be my dad. You be my mom. Okay, now this is your script. This is what you normally say and we'll play out what I normally say first. 
Da, da, da. Okay, now I'm going to say it differently. I'm going to look at you differently. I'm going to present myself differently. I'm going to start the conversation instead of you starting it. See, you actually look for, it's almost like writing a script for yourself, how to break your pattern, how to change your oinky, how to act differently. Well, that's sort of that story you talked about. I think her name was Sarah. Yeah. Yeah, that um, that there was a particular way she and her mother interacted, and this one particular day that she came in, and, and her first words were something like, Mom, you are so fortunate that I am here. Yeah. <laughs> she would normally walk in, put on a smile, try to be nice, and Mom would say, well, you haven't been here for a while, and she would just feel, oh. and she'd keep the smile up and pretend and so forth. Well, this time, she actually, we, we rehearsed it, and she actually went in to her mom and walked right up to her and gave her a hug. And before she could say anything and said, Mom, looked her right in the eye and said, Mom, you are really lucky that I'm here because I didn't want to come. So she threw some honesty in. And this is probably the last thing I'll say on on this uh, show. But if you can put honesty in, I call it disarming honesty. Look, we don't have a good relationship, Mom, and I really didn't want to come. So let's talk about how we can develop a better relationship so we'll both want to be together because I bet you don't really enjoy me coming either do you see right i mean that's good honesty but it's said in a loving way that's the other powerful change in a relationship when you can add honesty to it in a loving way right dave a lot of us communicate um long distance with our parents and and sometimes those challenges are phone calls where we can't see body language sometimes they're visits that are only two or three times a year How, if any, does that change some of the strategies you're talking about? Actually, it doesn't change at all. What that does is narrow the possibility of things that you can actually change. Since you can't change your facial expression, you can't change your body language, you can actually change who starts the conversation, the voice tone, the strength in your voice, and you can change how, who's in charge of the conversation. So you can not fall into the usual pattern of, Yes, Mom, yes, Dad, whatever, but saying, oh, wait a minute, i got something to say. You can actually script in a new way of doing that, but first you you have to make sure you've grown some because these things are impossible to do because you get in that moment, and it's interesting, it's like your brain freezes. You pick up the phone, and your brain freezes, and here the automatic stuff comes out. I'm sorry, Mom, I'm sorry, you know. (laughs) Why are you saying that? But your brain just froze, and you can't think of anything else, see? And so this, this is, these are very, very powerful forces. In fact, I consider them most, most powerful forces on earth. So those whether are, those it's face-to-face and daily or over the phone and only at Christmas time, we use the those same Those are strategies. same patterns. They, right. These are the same patterns. And a lot of times it's only Christmas time because after an interaction like that, you have to wait a year to get over it, see? <laughs> And probably that prompts a lot of the distance between it parents a lot and, of the and, you don't even and adult children. Sure. Pick up the phone and talk to because uh, you know what it's going to be like. It's exhausting. It's exhausting is right. Yeah. And that's why do that? <laughs> and so sad. It's so sad because you're robbed of all of the potential closeness and uh, potential exciting uh, ways of sharing your lives. But this is this is so true of most relationships. So don't don't feel guilty out there if this is true of yours. That's I mean this is the norm. Right, to be able right. to do something about it is extraordinary. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Jane and I talk a good bit about journeying with our parents, truly being a privilege, mm. and it and it is. It is truly one of joy, as as well as challenge, on some days. 
but we want for the time that we are with our parents to be pleasurable, whether it is over the phone or in person, with family, whatever. But how can communicating better really make a difference in that? Well, first of all, just think of it as a privilege. That already starts a new, like something new going on inside rather than an obligation or duty or here we go again or whatever. It's, it's really a privilege. And part of the privilege is the intimate way you're sharing your lives. I mentioned in the speech that I still remember that moment when my mom, who had always taken care of us, been so strong, was scared and weak. And I went up and said, oh, mom, and hugged her. And I could still feel her cling to me and feel my strength. And uh, boy, that moment of vulnerability that we shared, uh, I'll take that one to the grave, see? Right. So it's those moments that are so precious and tender, but you miss them. Right. If the communication isn't good, if if there's these patterns that get in the way, and uh, you know you you can't really talk about anything significant because, oh, you feel that that'll be used against you, or you only feel guilty about it, or it'll be a something that is combative. So if you can get rid of some of these, then the intimacy can come. It's the same same with marriages and everything else. If you can get rid of some of those old patterns. Then, then you can uh, really enjoy being together again. And once you enjoy and feel safe, now you can talk about the deeper stuff. Now you can talk about the more sensitive stuff. And, you know, the word life-giving keeps coming to my mind mm-hmm. as you talk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is life-giving stuff. This, in fact, this is what the joys of life are all about are in those moments. Dave, this has really been a fascinating conversation. I think we could probably go on for hours and hours. Um, Any final words of wisdom, any strategies that we haven't talked about today that you want to make sure you leave our listeners with about changing the dynamics of their conversations? I really like this uh, notion of it being a privilege, that there are so many moments. And in fact, the moment is all you've got. And so if you can enjoy that moment with your aging parent, and even, even though maybe they're have some Alzheimer's or they're, they're not totally there or you're not, not sure because, uh, you know, the mother or father you knew isn't really there, still there's an emotional connection. There's a moment that you, you can enjoy together, and those are the moments then you search for. And besides that, probably the, the most uh, strongest moment of joy anyone can have is knowing that they've really made a difference in someone else's life. And so if you reach out like I did to my mother and hugged her and felt her anxiety and the like, I knew I was giving her a gift. And that's joy. And so the same way with the the way that you encounter, the process of serving, sharing, really brings joy. And that that sounds like... Yes, the verbal communication is important, but something that really transcends the verbal communication. Yeah, see, it's like the verbal gets in the way. The verbal is creates a safe place and a real good connection. Then the love can be shared, and that's what joy is all about. Excellent discussion. Wonderful. Dave, thank you so much for being with us here today. It's really been a pleasure. I feel like I've learned a, a great deal. And thank you to everyone for listening to the caregiver community. Francis and I, I know, have enjoyed this, and I hope you have. I hope everyone has also learned something today about caregivers and caregiving. This program is part of the MESH network of online shows and podcasts. You may learn more about the MESH and check out the other programs available for free at www.themesh.tv. 
On that site, you may also send us a question or a recommendation for future show topics using the Contact Us button. We also encourage you to find us on Apple iTunes, where you may subscribe to our show and make sure you receive all future episodes sent to you automatically. You'll find a link to the MeSH website on our ACAP community website as well. Francis, can you tell people where to go to find more information on ACAP? Sure, sure. Uh, the website is www.acapcommunity.com, and that is A C A P standing for Adult Children of Aging Parents, acapcommunity.com, or they can call us toll-free at 1-877-599-ACAP, that's 2227, or they can email us at info at acapcommunity.com. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dave, for being here. Oh, this is a pleasure. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.